Um, I am honored to be able to introduce Brent Dodge to you again. He's a familiar face. He's on the pastoral team at uh, Revive Church, whom we love, that church. And they've been so gracious to us to uh, allow us to have uh, Pastor Brent come and fill in. And um, I, I just love that. I love that you're available for Ian to just say, hey, I need you to back me up here. And he's brought a great word for us um, a couple of weeks ago about manna, if you remember that. And he's got a fresh manna for us this morning. So please, let's welcome Brent Dodge to the pulpit. Two weeks ago, I was here, and <laughs> the Holy Spirit gave me two words. Go Grizz. <laughs> well, today he's given me two. Me again. Here I was two weeks ago and feeling great about it and understood what was going on with uh, Kellen and Gail's situation. Kellen sits behind me at Revive, and so this is a matter very close to my heart as well, and I, I just want to say how honored I am to be able to just plug in when Ian had called me on Friday. I need you to preach Sunday. You guys need to realize... When I do a sermon, it, it's, it's steeped. It's got to be stirred. It takes about three months. That's why I've said, if I ever start a church, we're going to meet four times a year. But yeah, keep in mind the, uh, the memorial on December 16th. We don't have a time yet. It'll be here. But uh, blessings to you and Ian and his family. And um, we just, we're going to lean into God. The story is told about a man who wanted to check out of reality, wanted to do himself in. So he went on a trek into the wilderness and didn't eat for 75 days. What's even crazier is he began to feel so rejuvenated and full of life that he rejoined society and lived for another 30 years. He found something. Life worth living. Life that was more than a meal. And others might go without food, you know, for like a day and be like, I'm going to die. I've tried the spiritual fasting, man. And it's, it's just been a couple times, but it is not my favorite pastime. I figured it'd be easier to simply fast from certain foods, like squash and spam. <laughs> Some people choose a strict juice diet. May I recommend a strict ice cream fast? <laughs> or even better, a cold milk and warm chocolate chip cookie fast. And fasting isn't always about just not eating necessarily. Some people avoid social media, television, cell phones, video games. You know, around Lent, some people give up this or that. In the biblical sense and de definition, however, it really does have to do with not eating for a time. Fasting is an opportunity to say no to the things my body craves so my soul can say yes to wanting to crave God 
more. It's hungering for God more than a meal. And fasting might sound sensational in our day, but in Jesus' culture, it was weird for a religious person not to fast. In fact, Jesus said, go. Help me, guys. Might need some tech service here. Blank. I'm going to read on. Jesus said in Matthew 6.16, when you fast, not if, but when. He said, and when you fast, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, that their fasting might be seen by others. Notably, in the context of Matthew 6, Jesus clearly indicates that fasting is as basic as giving and praying, both of which Jesus preached about earlier in that chapter, giving and praying. We do these routinely, right? How about fasting? Do we fast routinely as we give and pray? To fast is to fasten. Why is it called a fast anyway when it goes so slowly? I'm telling you what. Fasting is not about being quick. It's actually more about not moving at all. Like being fixed in place. Think color fast or fast asleep. It's being held fast. Think commitment and dedication. The original word is closely related to ours, that word fasten. Like holding firm, being anchored, fixed in place. And isn't that the relationship we seek with God? Where our hearts and minds are fixed and fastened to God and not merely a meal plan. Our text today, Philippians 4, 8, from the Passion Translation. I love this passage. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, and merciful and kind. Paul goes on to say, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. The fact that Jesus came, he died, he shed his blood, he gives us eternal life. Fasten, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. And now the times that I've done spiritual fasting, like I'm kind of a a juvenile, right? Kind of a newbie. The results have been profound. The first time I ever fasted was like two days, and it was an ordeal, let me tell you. You talk about things going slowly. But I I noticed about day two, late in the day, I began to sense God's presence around me, and he took me into a cathedral. Sorry about that. He takes me into a cathedral, and there's a light shining 
bunch of broken tools and bent paint bales and dust and dirt. And I was focused on that. And God said, I want you to look at the front of the, the cathedral. And so as I looked, it was white background and a cross. And I kept wanting to go back to what was my sin. And God kept pulling me back to the cross, to the work of God. It mattered. Now, I have one other experience happened in 2020. It was a question of retirement. It was a very challenging time in my life. I started Alpine Physical Therapy in 2004 as a solo practitioner. That company grew to be three clinics, 20-something PTs. I'd sold stock in my company to managers who basically said, <laughs> take a hike. And I was on my face. I was pleading with God. I didn't know how to respond. I didn't think retirement was in the books. So my wife and I, we took our kids. We went down to some friend's house in Hamilton. And as I walked in, this guy's a clinical psychologist, looks at me, and he says, get in my truck. He could see it on my face. We went and talked. I shared 40 minutes. Here's what he said. You need to go home and fast and pray and when you pray give that business back to God I knew it was God that started that business because I'm a physical therapist not a business man and yet God built this business successfully and it was coming to a crossroads and it was time that I kind of tried to take it back God's like let it go I prayed to God that very prayer after fasting for three days while fasting for three days and within nine days, my financial advisor jumped on his table and said, what do you think it takes to retire? The assets were there, and I retired on my 59th and a half birthday. There is power in fasting that I think we forget sometimes. <laughs> you feel like you're coming unglued sometimes? Fast. When commitment or dedication slips, when our lives, situations, or choices cause us to feel like we're coming unglued, where we're no longer fixed and fastened in our relationship with God as we desire. Thank you, brother. My lips are fixed and fastened. <laughs> it's good to go, right? Okay. Where do we turn when we're coming unglued? Let's go to Joel 2.12. Return and repent. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Can you say all? All, all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, with mourning. All your heart a good place to turn God says return wholeheartedly not a halfway deal repent meaning I'm going this way and I'm going down a bad road or whatever road it is and God says it's time and I turn that is repentance and I'm going to go according to Joel 12 13 to 12 13 sorry verse 13 to his steadfast love and mercy return to me with fasting, weeping, and mourning. It takes humility 
to have godly sorrow. Godly sorrow is different than the one when you get caught. This is the, the hurt that says, God, I have hurt you and I want to turn back to you. It requires humility because fasting isn't an outward deal. It's not, it's not to attract attention or to get God to change his way as though he were a vending machine. It's an inner transformation made possible through humility, which breeds godly sorrow. A way to show that we desire to return to God more than a meal. And of course, fasting can bring breakthrough in life situations, decisions, challenges, as I mentioned with my retirement situation. And it's not, by the way, uh, about, I think I must have lost part of that verse. In the context, it says, don't tear your garments. Rend your heart. It's not the outward sign like they used a lot of times in the Old Testament when kings would tear their clothes and sit in sackcloth and ashes. Like Jephthah did when he made a rash vow in Judges 11, 30, uh, 34 and 5, he, he tore his clothes as a sign of outward, an outward sign of repentance. This is about the inside. It's about giving God that heart and saying, God, would you please, please rip this heart open. Change me from the inside. Obviously, I've had some impact this week that I'm going to share with you because this sermon is a miracle. The fact that it takes me three months to do a sermon. I get called on a Friday. I started fasting on a Monday. Why? I don't know. Tuesday, God gives me a word. I start writing things down, and I'm like, I can do that, Ian. It's a miracle sermon. It is absolutely a miracle, and I praise God for it. But anyway, fasting draws us to the realization that God is our true food and drink, that we crave Him, and that we are determined to seek Him with all our heart, that we desire to be fixed and fastened once again to him that we need God more than a meal do you need something to break loose in your life fast in Isaiah 58 6 the Bible says is not this the fast that I chose or choose to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo the straps of the yoke like they put those yokes on an oxen and harness that thing and make it go where they wanted to go not necessarily where he wanted to go to let the oppressed go free can you feel that freedom and listen to this and to break every can you say every every yoke God wants all our hearts. He'll take care of the rest as far as every yoke. What yoke are you strapped to that keeps you from breaking free? What keeps dogging you over and over again? You say, I'm done with that. I'm not going to do that again. And yet it happens again and again and again. Is it a particular sin? a challenge, life situation, addiction, or multiple addictions. Some of that stuff can only come out with prayer and fasting. Jesus said it in Matthew 17, 21. 
What is it that needs to come out despite all you've tried and maybe not succeeded with? And it dogs you. Things that need to be cast out and that can only come out with prayer and fasting. Isaiah 58, 6 nails it. Fasting. It's the fast I choose, writes Isaiah, to loose the bonds of wickedness. Imagine things just breaking off. To break loose these yokes that hold us back and to be free. Things like gossip, stealing, cheating on your taxes or your spouse. Drunkenness, nicotine, tobacco, illicit drugs, pornography, lust. Those are the big ones, right? Well, how about the fringe sins like not listening to or obeying God's word? He calls us, he calls you his child, and sometimes we doubt. But he gave his son. His son gave his life. And as a Christian, you placed your faith in the blood of Jesus to take away your sins and the power of God to raise Jesus from the dead, knowing that you will be raised one day. Yet perhaps you believe you're not on God's highly favored list. That you're not even living at the same address. You see, the presence of God, it means that we're we're at the same place. We're at the same address. And you may think, well, I'm at the same address, but I'm down the hall while God's reclining in the living room. No, you are in his presence as a child of God, sitting winsome on his lap as he loves up on you. We need to change our thinking. He loves us. We are famous in God's eyes. Let's believe his words just another word about my experience my little experience with fasting and overcoming it's been a challenge i've had things that dog me and i wanted to get rid of them so bad and a couple of fasts i started doing a routine fast every monday just like i pray and give i said i'm gonna i'm gonna make fasting a routine in my life so i don't eat from sunday night after dinner till monday at dinner and it's changed me I'm seeing strength and self-control and self-mastery that I hadn't experienced before. Strength and power to overcome. And I want to encourage you to consider, maybe after the holidays, (laughs) setting a time to fast, to even consider getting into a weekly routine of fasting and building that duration, maybe from a one day to a three to a four, whatever it might be. Times where we go before the Lord with weeping and mourning, that godly sorrow that he will free us from any of these above situations that we talked about, needs, addictions, sins, whatever, that he will bust the bonds of wickedness. He'll break loose the yoke and the oppressed go free when we can hunger for God more than a meal. I want to give you a disclaimer. Fasting is not for everyone. That's what they say, right? Oh, good. 
particularly those with like medical conditions, pregnancy, frailty, those on heavy medications, and any prolonged fast or fast among those with organ disease, advanced cancer, other degenerative disorders are advised to first consult a competent healthcare provider. But for most others, fasting is perfectly safe and has been done for thousands of years with profound results. By the way, it's been said that fasting is not nearly so deadly as feasting. Something that's helped me is to begin a, to plan for a fast. I'm going to plan. I'm going to actively plan. What does that entail? Uh, let's see. I must have missed one. That's next. I want to spend my time in prayer. I want to seek God's wisdom and his strength and his guidance. I don't want to just fly off the handle and do a, a fast. I want to know, God, I want to know your perspective on it. And what do you think, God, in terms of time? Is this a one day? Is this a one meal fast? I'm going to skip one meal. Is this a two-day fast, a four-day fast? Let God guide that. And is it a routine fast? What about the purpose of the fast? Maybe it's a sin situation, as it was mine. Maybe it was a, a need, a challenge, something going on in your life. I wrote up a little bit of a, a fasting planner where I'm, I'm committed to praying into what God wants, the wisdom. Get his lead on that and get his lead on the length of time. You may be talking about one meal. He may be talking about a routine fast. He may be talking about something longer. He may say, drink a lot of water when you fast. I'll do that. Pray into ideas. What, God, what do you want me to meditate on? What do I need to be centering my thoughts on, Lord? Plan your fast. Now, I brought up Marion's book, Fasting Firepower. Marian, that's his Slovenic name. Marian is his whatever name. He, uh, he's the father of Josh Yakos at my church. Josh Yakos is our senior pastor. This book rolls across Josh's desk. He says, hey, if you read it, you can do a review and have it for free. I ate that book for lunch. I just could not put it down. It was exciting. It was real. It was deep. There was a lot of science. There was a lot of history. I blasted through that book. And it was really the seed to say, I'm thinking it's probably time for me to deal with my stuff and let God work in my heart. And so there were these huge benefits. We'll talk just a couple of them. But listen, the big thing was the spiritual aspect of what I found. And so I began this weekly routine. And, and then I did a three-day fast, which kind of bumped along. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a longer fast. God, what do you want me to do? I, I had a five and a seven. He chose seven. And I started that fast on Sunday night, not knowing that God had a plan for today, a plan for, for me to be available. He heard my plea. God, I want to be available in your kingdom. Make me useful. Make me a tool. Okay, you're preaching Sunday. <laughs> like that, okay. <laughs> and you know, God, it takes me three months to do a sermon. He's like, you got this. And he developed a sermon for me to preach. And I'm, my heart is just so into it. I hope you'll take some of this, pray over it, consider it. Uh, 
But I want to give you a quick rundown before we close on my seven-day fast, a first for me. My purpose was to allow God to come in and loose the bonds of wickedness, to break the bonds, to break the yoke and the straps that were holding me back. And would I weep? I'm not a weepy man. But day four, Thursday, wrecked me. I just wanted to pray. I was laying on my stomach and I just could not stop repenting and confessing and praying to God for forgiveness and loving Him and wanting to meditate on Him. And I haven't stopped yet. I don't know when that stops. I'm stopping the fast tonight. I'm, I'm seven hours away from a 168-hour fast. But with it, having been wrecked, God brought some breakthroughs. He showed me that I have a heart that can have godly sorrow. I honestly didn't think I could. I prayed for four days. God, what does it look like? What does it feel like? I'm not a weepy guy. I know my sins are bad. I get that. But he showed me. God broke through into my heart. He's showing me that I can have some grit. I can have some self-mastery and some self-control where I lacked it. And that's why I guess I'm a believer in fasting. There were breakthroughs. I had a business breakthrough on a, a company outside of Alpine that I thought was DOA. And this week I got word on something that is so profound that I'm just, I'm just saying, God, I didn't, I didn't come here to get something from you. And yet you've blown me away with what you've done in my life, in my heart. I mentioned this sermon as a breakthrough. It's a miracle. My, uh, you think I'm kidding. It takes me three months. My wife will tell you I'm the slowest sermon builder in the world. God had it started on Tuesday. had it done Friday morning when Ian texted me and we talked by the phone. He's like, I need you to preach. I'm like, okay. I think God's given us something to work with here, a framework. And I said, I'm in. I hadn't planned to preach today. Just a couple other impacts. So you think about what fasting can do, what's kind of helped me and what I'm feeling. I was hungry for three days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I was not a happy camper. I wasn't very nice either. But I have read, and Marion's book includes that. By the way, it's on Amazon if you want to get it. It's a great book. Is uh, that it takes about three days of hunger. And I want to tell you, honestly, I've had two hunger pains after Wednesday night. Zero hunger. Part of that's I drink a big thing of water like every 30 to 60 minutes. So there's things that happen when you fast that you should know about. Number one, I was extremely cold this week. No calories, right? I'm like bundling up, layered up. By the way, drinking all that water, you know what the side effect of that is. (sighs) Me and John, we're buds, man. But the impact was that I, I began to desire just to be with God. I know a lot of times I go into my quiet time, I'm like, can't wait to get done. I got a workout. I want to go here. I got that. I was just like, God, I, I just want to be with you. I, I've not done that before. I've not been that person. Yeah, big elder at the church. Yeah, right. I'm the one that's scheduled. God, I'll be with you for 40 minutes and I'm out of here, right? 
I wanted to connect deeper with God. A couple fringe benefits, just so you know. In the middle of the week, I'm out there with my son. We're doing a workout, and I start doing pull-ups. I'm like, wow, I've never done pull-ups that fast and that many. So I thought, I wonder if I lost weight. I went and checked. I'd lost 12 pounds on day three or four, 15 overall. I didn't look at this as a weight loss program. I'm just saying it happened. And I know you're saying, you're thinking, well, it's all water weight. Well, I checked my body fat composition. I lost 5%. It's the real deal. If you're thinking about, man, I'd like to get some of the benefits of fasting. There's one. I was dinking around this morning. I whipped my finger and my ring came off my hand. There's some benefits. Let's just look at a couple of them. We're closing up. Couple, the, 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 the list is so long. Marion's got a huge section, just one after the other. The benefits of fasting. And I was Christians, we look at that like, I want the spiritual side. I want the repentance, the returning, the turning, the sorrow. I want God to break through in my life. I want self-mastery. I want, I want grit as a Christian. But listen, there's renewed vitality, energy, stamina, joint comfort. Sound good? Muscle flexibility. It clears the complexion and the mind, strengthens the heart, balances emotions, and connects us ever deeper with God. Fasting is the oldest healing method we know of, and it's simple, effective, and best of all, free. I didn't say it was easy. I just said, you know, it's simple, effective, and free. Athanasius of Alexandria, he was a staunch defender of Christian orthodoxy and a deacon on the first council of Nicaea in 325. Athanasius says, fasting cures diseases, dries up bodily humors. All right, that's basically fluids that don't belong there. Okay, bodily humors. Puts demons to flight, gets rid of impure thoughts, makes the mind clear, the heart pure, and the body sanctified, and raises us to the throne of God. In closing, let's look at Joel 1.14. By the way, um, as I talk about this, there's this whole idea of Joel is really about fasting and the power that comes with it, particularly chapter 2. If you get a chance and want to read through that, it's, it's amazing. Joel says, consecrate a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord consecrate a fast I'm not in a position here to consecrate a fast for you your leaders may want to take that on but I am calling and consecrating a fast at Revive our elders will, will make this plan happen but the idea is we want to bring people together after they've had an opportunity to fast a meal I'm fine with that a day a week I don't whatever no one's telling you what to do it's, there's nothing in the Bible that says you have to do it this way or this long. But we want to consecrate a fast for our church. We want to think about the new year and think about strategies for our church. How can we grow? 
Where, where, where are we successful? Where can we change? What needs to happen? Let's pray and fast about that. And then we'll get together afterwards and we'll have a night after the fast or something like that. Something to consider in the new year. Will you consider taking time and effort to fast? To go for it and crave God more than a meal? To come out of being unglued, to break things loose and fix our thoughts on God's thoughts and fasten our hearts to his. That's it. That's all I got. And as we're doing that, if you feel moved and you feel like you want to bust some stuff loose, we're here to pray for you. If you've not responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ, Christmas is right around the corner. He came. He did the work. The plan went unfolded that God had that we can expect, experience forgiveness of sin and live knowing we're saved in eternity. If you need that today, come on forward. We're here to help with that as well. But as we close up, I would like to offer with your leaders a prayer over Ian, his family, particularly Gail and her loss, our churches as we experience that loss. And so, Father God, we do. We just, we bow our heads, God, and we just, sometimes we feel lost when, when a person, a man of God, a servant of God is taken so quickly. God, this happens so fast, and we're left empty-handed in a way. And we, our hearts hurt. And I know Gail's does, and I know Ian and TJ and their family, God, and their extended family, and this church, even Revive, I know they're, they're talking about that and praying about that this morning over there as we've lost an amazing man of God. And we lift up this family, we lift up this church and the situation that we're, we're facing. God, I know you are the God of peace. You are the God of comfort. You know, it's hard. It's, our hearts are tugging and tight. And God, please bring the Prince of Peace. Bring the peace that we need right now, God, to see through and, and know how to walk through this situation. And will you bless this church? Will you bless its leadership? Will you bless Ian and TJ and their family and take care of Gail? God, we expect that of you. We believe you're going to. And we, we just want to pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.